All right. I want to invite you again Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Christmas Eve service right here. We'll be having communion with the Lord. Then you can enjoy your Christmas. If you're not running around and taking off and going to different states or towns or whatever, please come back to have Christmas Eve service with us here at New Hope. Now, this morning's message, uh, sometimes this stuff doesn't um, register to me like this is the Sunday before Christmas, so this message has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas, Um, but it has everything to do uh, with your eternity. It's kind of like the last few days. We have this warmth. It's kind of nice, isn't it? The warmth that comes and thaws out everything, but... Um, it's actually a fake warmth. I mean, you know that tomorrow's going to be like 36 and Tuesday's going to be 28. Uh, I think we have these spells in church. There's like maybe a warmth or you seem like there's a thawing, but in all reality, I don't believe there is. And so um, a few days before Christmas, the state that our nation is in, the condition that our church is in, which is you and I. We are the church. Um, I have a message that wraps around that, and I, I do pray really and honestly that the eyes of your heart are open and attentive to this and that your ears of understanding. This is supernatural. I'm not talking about those little things I see on a, slapped on the side of your head. This is supernatural. We have ears, the Bible says, and it also says what? We hear not. And so this is um, a supernatural thing that we're doing now, presenting the Word of God, hoping to reach the spirit of every man and woman here. Now, starting off with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to kind of talk about the condition that you and I are living in right now as Christians in America, right here in Zanesville and New Hope. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 1 says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. This word beseech is a strong word. We beg you, brethren. In other words, to kind of pay attention, listen up, sit straight, give me your good ear, is what the word of God is saying. Verse 2 says that you be not soon shaken in mind. Or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, or the son of destruction." That verse 3 is what we want to kind of, uh, kind of bullseye in on a little bit here today. It's talking, obviously, about the coming back of God, talking about the signs that are going to come before the Lord. And it talks about there's a day that's coming, and it's going to be uh, recognized by a falling away first. People that once uh, used to serve God, burned for God. Now, I'm not saying we're in the midst of this. We're in the beginning of this. People now are turning away from the things of God. You can see it as a nation in a whole, and you can see it even as a church. The people of God are turning away from the Word of God. 
just the way it is. This is now starting. Falling away. That word falling away is defined like this. It means defection. They're defecting from the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. It means apostasy. Or it means abandonment. They're actually abandoning it. Abandoning the truth. Defecting from the truth. That ancient Greek word for falling away indicates a rebellion or a departure. Now look, you and I are forced to live in this day and age. People are attempting to serve God in this day and age, so it would do you well to listen to the Word of God. Don't sit there and think, um, I'm trying to tell you something that's on my mind. No, I'm preaching the Word of God for today where you and I are at. This will lead and guide you through these ice-laden seas that we're in, these icebergs. We got to go around them. You can't hit them or you'll sink. And God is saying, as time winds down, as the coming of Christ is coming uh, close to us, there's going to be a tremendous falling away. And he also says, don't soon be troubled in mind and in spirit or by word, what you hear on the news. I wish that was true. We are so moved by things we hear on the news more so than the Word of God. We just are. And here's what we're going to be falling away from even more. 2 Timothy 4, 3 tells us again, for the time will come. Now look, if you have any ability to recognize the day and age that you're living in, and I believe you do, spiritual discernment, and you should have, you have to say amen to this. 2 Timothy says, for the time will come when they will, de- will not endure sound doctrine. We don't, want to hear, we don't want to hear it anymore. No more enduring sound doctrine. That's why you have uh, the Duck Dynasty guy. Everything coming against him. He's just speaking doctrine about Christ. And not too long after that, three or four days after that, I can't remember the school, can't remember where it was. But they were singing Silent Night, and they took all the phrases out about under the child and God and all that stuff. So it has nothing to do with religion, has everything to do with Christ. This is where you and I are living in. And so when Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, and he's saying, this is going to happen, you are now in it. That they will not endure sound doctrine, listen, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. You cannot be turned away from the truth unless you're walking in the truth. It's talking about you and I. People are going to start falling away, turning aside, giving ear to that itching stuff that they want to hear that, that kind of pets the fallen nature. You and I are living in this. So your personal eternity banks on what you do here today. You're going to say, yeah, I'm going to listen to the word. I'm going to follow it. Or just, yeah, whatever. They will not endure sound doctrine. Paul was telling Timothy, you need to keep focus on the word. On the Word, the Word of God, the only book not allowed in schools or allowed open or allowed read. 
you can see it, right? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to what's going on. So Paul's saying to Timothy, you need to keep focused on the Word of God because man, by his natural makeup, does not want God's revelation. He don't want it. This is the day and age you and I are living in. He would rather hear what he wants to hear. Isaiah said this, chapter 30, verse 9. Listen, listen what just loves. Even as I'm putting this down on paper, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? People will do this, and they are. Verse 9 says that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, See not, listen, and to the prophets, prophesy not us right things. Quit telling us right, proper things. Speak unto us smooth things. Look, prophesy deceit. Everything's okay, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all going to heaven. They want me to prophesy lies. You don't have to be born again, you're okay. This is what's in us. This is what's in our land. Isaiah even tells us, they say to the seers, though who can see things coming, stop it! Quit seeing, quit looking. And to the prophets that prophesy us right things, stop telling us right things. Is that going on today? If you're a Facebook person, you can see that, uh, uh, I can never remember her real name. Hannah Montana, what's her real name? Dancing in her underwear with a guy looking like he's fooling around with her on stage. And they got a picture of the Duck Dynasty dude talking about the Word of God. And they love her dancing in her underwear. And they're saying, stop telling us that. You're living in this. You're living in this. Remember we said at the end of last year, the only voice left that they're going to silence is what? This one. The Christian voice. The pulpits. And you're going, I'm glad that's you. No, 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 you're a priest. You're the royal priesthood. You're the purple. You're the oracles of God. So you got to listen. You must pay attention. They want religion, but they don't want the living God of heaven. They don't want the Lord at all to be real in their life. They say, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Give us Barabbas. That's where we're at. That's where you and I are at. This is the day and age that we are living in. This is the day and age that we're trying to minister in. This is the day and age that we're trying to build a church in. And it can be disheartening. Can it not? Ruth found some old channel on that station that we have that you can get from the sky. I forget what it's called. I think it's channel... 111, has all Bing Crosby's old Christmas things on, and they're talking about the Lord like the Lord's their best friend, like their best buddy, and we're going, man, wouldn't it be awesome if it was like that still? Bing Crosby would be thrown off the radio today for the various things that he just said the other day. Now, all that's going on in this day and age, plus, now we're going to look how this affects you and I. 
Now, the second dose, to the, like the one-two from the world, is plus this is going on. Matthew 24, the New King James. Now, you've got to pay attention because when I start reading it, you'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about that one. But I'm going to bring out maybe a little different twist that you're really not used to. You're used to the rumors of wars and wars. I know that. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, that would sound like a question that you and I should pay attention to. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and he will deceive many. Check that off. That's happened. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Check that off. That's happening. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Check that off. Kingdom against kingdom. Check that off. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. Check that off. Just the other day, uh, normally a little bit before Jonathan gets up, I get a text from him, which is very unusual. It had one word with about five exclamation points. Earthquake! He was in an earthquake, just rumbling away over there in L.A., which is to them, it's like, it's nothing. But it is something. It is something. Look, verse 8 says, and these are the beginning of sorrows. So don't be walking around saying, man, can it get any worse? The obvious answer is yes. Yeah, yes, it is. And it's going to. Okay? Verse 9 says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Uh, this is starting. The, what's happening to the duck guy? I mean, that's part of it. You know, I, I hope they walk. I hope they tell a and to keep their station. We're out of here. I hope they do. Whether they will or not, I don't know. But I hope they walk. I hope they dust, shake the dust off their feet and say it was a nice ride, but forget it. We're out of here now. I don't know if they will. <clears throat> hope so. Verse 10 says, we're still not to the point I want to make. Verse 10 says, and then many will be offended. Man, that's true. Man, you can offend people and you don't even mean to. You don't even try to. I could be going to say uh, hello to Ed, and it looks like I'm looking at Joseph, and I go like this and walk right past Joseph, and he's got a big problem with me now. We're so easily offended anymore. But this is what it says, and many will be offended, mainly by the word of God, by those who believe in the word of God. They'll betray one another. Betrayal is a part of the gospel, and will hate one another. Are you kidding me? But this is where we're living. Still not my point. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. That's going on. Still not my point. So I'm all the way down to 12. Now here comes my point, because this is what's heartbreaking now in our nation. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. There is a lawlessness abounding in our nation. It's a sign of what's supposed to happen to society before the coming of Christ. Society's going to get worse. Lawlessness. 
And because of lawlessness constantly being bombarded by the news, iPads, iPhones, iThis, it says many of our loves will grow cold. Of the constant bombardment, another school got to take down a pit. Ten commandments are coming off. Three kids killed last night. Are you living in this age or am I making this up? Obvious. Lawlessness means without law. Our nation is now. You understand, the policeman with the things on his car is not what keeps America right. It's the moral law that God wrote in our hearts. They've been tearing that down. Now we're raising people without that. You know, and the other guy, just Burger King the other day said, you know, you shouldn't fight with that girlfriend. Boom, he's dead. The guy walking out from Christmas shopping with his wife gets to get in his car. They come to hijack his car. He says, excuse me? They went, boom, he's dead. What's going on? You can conceal and carry. You're not going to get your gun out. Too late. Unless you walk to your car like this now. Because lawlessness abounds. You could run through that wall and not get a scratch. That's not going to matter. This is what we are living in now. And his, di- his disciples, you and I, should expect to see society becoming worse and worse. My father would die again if he came back and hear some of the things that are going on. How can you permit partial birth abortion for like 30 years and it not affect the society? How can you pull when a little of these precious, perfectly made babies kill it? And not think someone's going to walk up to a 28-year-old man and go, boom. When you can pull one of the most pictures of innocence that we can have in our land. This is what you and I are living in. And this is why your heart is very dangerous now. Look, the title of this message is, there's a coldness. Remember a number of years ago, you started thinking, neighbors don't even know neighbors anymore. That's that coldness. Before, I used to know. This Monday, we're thrown up in our house, and we invited every neighbor on Spring Valley. Do that. What? Do it. You'll do it, and you'll be there like this. Come in. One cookie a person. That's what we're becoming to. We're going to just trust God. It's the truth. I probably shocked Ruth when I said, I like that idea, because that's not me. I'm, I'm one of these guys. If this is the wall, here's my back. I remember when I went to New York with Fred, wherever Fred is. Fred told me, keep your back to the wall. I did. <laughs> I had every mark on my back. Because this is where we live. Look, this does something to us. If you're not careful, the Bible says that the love of many... Okay, we're not talking about the love of America and the love of the, your favorite team. We're talking about the love of God and the love of many, not a few. A love of many will grow cold and lawlessness, listen, will lead to the cooling off of your love. And you can see it. You can see it in us. You might not want to believe it, but you can. I never think I change until I see someone I graduated with. Looks like he belongs in a nursing home. 
and we graduated together. You don't think, when you're looking out your own eyes, you don't think you're changing. Things are okay. I'm still cold. You're not. You're not as hot as we used to be with God. This is a moment. This is a time when I've been expecting new hope to fire it up. Because you finally see the fruit of all the years of preaching about what's coming. Revelations 2.1 says this, Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know. God knows this morning. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And that's true. This took so much work by so many people to present the gospel. God knows. He knows the days that you meet to practice to go over songs over and over and over again to try to glorify God. I know thy good works, he says. I know your labors and your patience and how you cannot bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. I have found liars. And hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. I'm saying yes, Lord, yeah, yeah, amen, until I get to the next line. The easiest person to deceive is who? yourself oh my gosh all that god no but all this stuff everything we just went through with so many programs so much labor so many people stayed after long after you left cracker barrel they're still here god says i've seen all that and i know all that and i know how you hate evil even with the duck dynasty you see all the facebook it upset us i understand that God sees all that, yet he goes, but. He says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. You know, and you want to look at various words, maybe nevertheless, that's the important word. No, you say, oh, no, no, pastor, love is the important word. I say, well, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it's the first. First is the important word. The first love, that's the most important word. No, 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 no. It's left. We've left it. I didn't lose it. I left it. If I didn't have my wallet and left it on the desk, I wouldn't call Ruth and say, I lost my wallet. I said, no, I left my wallet on the desk. And God is telling us in these last days, because of what's going on, all that I brought out in the first part of these scriptures uh, about the day shall not come unless there is a falling away and your loved ones and the crime and all the upheaval and the killings and your heart growing cold, God says, it will cause you, if you're not careful, to leave it. It was nice, God, for 20 years. It was nice, but just can't handle it. You leave him. Look it up, and the word talks about just like a divorce. That's what it says. You leave him. Spurgeon said this. If the heart grows cold, that's mine and yours, everything will be coldly done. When love declines, what cold preaching we have. What cold singing. 
We get pretty music made by pipes and wind, but oh, how little singing in the Holy Ghost. And what poor praying. Do you call it praying? Is there anything that goes on as it ought to go when love waxes cold? That's what Spurgeon said. Matthew 24, 12 then tells us this again, and because the lawlessness will abound, love of many will grow cold. Now look, if you haven't listened yet here, you've got to listen now. Please listen. Because we're talking about eternity right here. Here is a huge key. 13 tells us this. It doesn't say who gets saved. What's it say? Who endures. We are in an enduring time now. Our nation wants nothing to do with God. Our leaders want nothing to do. Our schools seem like they want nothing to do with God. Everywhere, anything else goes but nothing to do with the Lord. Take that shirt off. Get that Bible off. Get out of here. Don't sing that. Forget that Christmas carol. Get out. We want Barabbas. You must endure. You're not called to skip to social fries and chicken fries. We'll have some. We'll have some little fellowships like that. But you are called to endure to make it. Endure. Tells you in Daniel that the enemy is attempting to wear you out. He is. He's doing a good job of it. Every little flicker of some type of remembrance of hope or how it was, he's just stepping all over it. Silent night could not even be sung. That word endure means to hold fast. You are called to hold fast to this. You are in the depth of your roots and the things of God determines how long and how strong you'll hold. It also means to bear bravely, to take it bravely. The wind keeps, you're just bravely still holding on. The whole thing that you must understand is you must endure what? To the end. You have to endure to the end. Until we're looking at you and saying, it's a great brother. That's what you have to. Don't let coldness creep into your heart don't let it creep into your heart because of all the lawlessness going on and it is so much going on or because your dear friends who have fallen away from the love of god don't let that coldness creep in these things listen can cause a coldness to invade your heart and an indifference and a lack of feeling towards the things of god It's reflected in what you do. And because of that, now look what happens. Okay, we got the the great falling away, society getting crazy and worse. We talked about Matthew 24. What do these signs be? Lawlessness, all that. All this stuff causes a coldness where you go, oh, I don't know. You leave your first love not committed as you used to, blow off Wednesday as if it's non-existent. You do. We do. Last Wednesday, Ruth and I just sat there just going, what's happening to the new hope? What's happening? 
And look, I know about all the programs and all the various things that go on, and you get tired, but that could be a Wednesday in June. Just as well. The, how are we to know? God says, well, you check out the fruit. You look and see coldness coming in and indifference or whatever. Just can't, like to, checks in the mail. Jeremiah 2.2, New Living Translation says this. The Lord gave me another message. He said, go, listen, and shout this message. It seems like about every four months when the little kids come up to me and say, why do you shout? I don't know. I tell them, I don't know. I do. I say, I don't know. I should say, do you hear me? What did I say Sunday? Go and shout this message to Jerusalem. And God tells you, he tells us what to say. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago. How you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. I remember when you were first in love with me. American church. Yeah, New Hope. Verse 11, same chapter says, Has any nation ever traded its God for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. That's when we want to know what's going on in heaven. That's what they're doing. What? Are you crazy? They're ignoring the Holy One of Israel. Verse 13, look, for my people, not the heathen, not the bar guy, for my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. There are people still running around the place trying to find the fountain of youth. All I got to do is pick up the word of God. God says, I am that. You drink of me, you'll live forever. They've done two evils. You have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. They have dug for themselves cracked cisterns and can hold no water at all. Well, I can't handle coming all the hypocrites in there anymore. Just drive me crazy so I stay away. Where's that at in the Word? I mean, where's that at in the Word of God? That cross is too heavy to bear. I'm going to buy a truck, put it in my pickup, and I'll just drive it around. Bearing his cross in my one-ton Ford. Where's that at in the Word? It's the same thing. Look, 14 says, why has Israel become a slave? Why has he been carried away as plunder? Why? Because we don't obey the Word. We don't believe what the Word of God says, or you'd commit to it. Look, you got to get this. When coldness creeps in, lethargic sluggishness and laziness takes over. And then a hardness. You could be so hard right now, you'd be going, just shut up before I get out of here. It's true. I know that. Here's the second thing that happens. Listen. New King James, Hosea 10.1. Israel empties his vine. All this growth and all this stuff comes and beautiful fruit on Israel's vine. Israel empties his vine. He brings forth fruit for himself. 
Can you watch the children? I mean, he's got it's up there. I'm not adding anything to this. When I saw that we were just talking about this, we're going, oh my gosh. And I come across this and I thought, Israel brings fruit for himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he has increased the altars according to the bounty of his land. They have himself, 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 himself. You know that the gospels turned that way about 10, 15 years ago. We come to get what's ours. That is so far from the God. Look, we use all our giftings, talents, time, money on ourselves. Oh, yeah, we do. No time to come to the house of God. No time to help out, lend a hand. Why? Why? How can that be? Look at verse 2. Look what happens. The heart is divided. Now you can sit there and I insult that. I don't believe that. Remember years and years, maybe they do it now, I don't know. You get junior church and you write every little child's name down. Billy, Lukey, Isaac, whatever, all the names down. And when he comes on Sunday, star. When he comes on Wednesday, star. Sunday, star. Should we want to do that? And then this time next year, I can go, look, you might be getting an attitude, but I'm trying to tell you something. You are going to be caught up with this coldness and not know it. Even to the point now, you're going, then it's got you. It's got you. I'm only giving you the word. That's all Phil Robinson did. Are you reacting like A&E? I don't know. Americans don't see the importance of it. We don't. They didn't see the importance of building the ark. Day after day after day after day, now after now, board after board, hammer after hammer after hammer, sunny day after sunny day, hot day after hot day, until we're the same. We're the same, we're the same, we're the same. A coldness is creeping in to us. New hope. I'm narrowing it down to us. A lethargicness, a sluggishness, a a laziness. And I'm going, God, how can that be? How can that be? God's saying, I'm giving you fruit for your vine, but you're eating it for yourself. How can I be just eating it for myself? Because your heart's become divided. My heart's divided, God? How can it be divided? Because you left me. I left you. And the further you get away from God, colder it gets. You can get so cold, what? You freeze to death. You freeze to death. Spurgeon said this. Here is something to tremble at. Because iniquity shall abound. He says, That is worse than pestilence. The love of many shall wax cold. That is worse than persecution. He says this, As all the water outside, outside a vessel, can do it no hurt until it enters in the vessel. So outward persecution cannot really injure the church of God. 
But when the mischief oozes into the church and the love of God's people waxes cold, he goes, ah, then the church is in sore distress. And we are. It's gotten in. And it could be from all that's happening, all the laws, all the disheartening. No, they're not going to stand up and say, oh, come back. to." They're not. So now it is in us. And it's in the church. And now it's up to you whether you have enough of God in you to say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, God, is that me? God, is that me? So that if you have become hardened by coldness, indifference, because of what you've been seeing and hearing and your best friend doesn't even want to talk to you anymore, betrayed you, talks about you, can't stand you, or your children walked away from God, or your pastor that you loved quit, or what happens ever? Causes that coldness to come in because of the lawlessness you see. Another child thrown off a bridge through the river. And you're just going, oh, no. And God says, you can't. You cannot do that. You cannot let that get. God says, I'm telling you all these things. Can we say that in the beginning? That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, what you hear, or by a letter from us as the day of Christ is at hand. There is going to be a great falling away. People who are rebelling against the word of God. That's what we did Wednesday. We just started naming the ones that were here, praying for them. I can't go like this to them anymore. Look, look, look. What are you doing? What are you doing? Look, read it, read it, read it. It doesn't strike him anymore. The ice is too thick. Take some wonderful thing from God. Or they're going to freeze to death. And they were right here. Amongst us. With us. Went to progressive dinner with us. Watched a movie with us. Changed the screens for me. All over. And yet a coldness comes in. It's so sad how the America that we live in wants nothing to do with Christmas. Nothing to do at all. I really didn't touch base with the computer people. Did you get what I was meaning by, I forgot to tell you, Kyle, the numbers, the digital numbers on the bottom, where to start, where to stop. And some of you have seen this. I know Ruth's heard it because it blasted a lot. The pastors that I pray with have heard it. But this guy, it's just a short minute and something, he describes prayer like the way it should be. When it comes from the heart that's in the right, let's let's just watch it. 